Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gain the Fan podcast. On today's episode, Alex Bullens will rejoin me on the podcast, and we're going to be talking NBA today. So earlier last week, the NBA All-Star Reserves were announced, therefore completing you know all 24 All-Star selections across the league. Now, there have been a couple substitutions since then based on players that are injured and won't be playing in the game, but we're going to be largely talking about the original 24 players to be selected as All-Stars this season. We're then going to talk about a couple players that we actually more than a couple, several players that we thought could have potentially made the all-star team that had a good case for being all-stars this season, but weren't selected. So we'll be discussing the all-star snubs. And then we're going to we're going to take those players and each of us will in a fantasy style draft draft six teams of all-star snubs. So stay tuned for that as uh, as Alex and I get into quite an eventful fantasy style draft over all-star snubs and then lastly we're going to be talking about some potential trade ideas floating about the nba right now uh the the trade deadline isn't right around the corner but it is approaching and there are lots of rumors swirling around out there around certain names that could be moved at the deadline as teams try to jockey for position in making the playoffs in a playoff field this year that's going to be expanded as we have a play-in tournament that will include the top 10 teams in each conference. So it's a competitive league, and there's definitely some teams looking for an advantage who have maybe taken a hit from COVID or from injuries early in the season and are looking to make up ground. So Alex and I will pitch some of our own trade ideas, talk about some of the ones we've seen out there, and we're going to talk a lot a lot of basketball today so alex is going to join me on the podcast and we will dive into our discussion all right i've got alex in the studio with me now uh ready to talk some nba all-star talk how you doing alex Pretty good, Josh. Uh, glad to be back, and uh, let's talk some All Stars. Yes, yes, that is um, that's the topic for today. Uh, it's good to have you back, man. Last time we were talking Super Bowl hot takes uh, with Joe. That was a that was a, that was honestly one of my favorite pods um, yeah. that I've done so far. Um, hopefully, we get a similar flow of hot takes coming out here today mm, okay. on the on the All Star uh, on the All Star front. I'm expecting Alex to just, you know, go full Rambo on why Sabonis should have been an all-star in the front on the first batch. Hey, I can give you my take if you want, if you want it, yeah. You'll have to um, cut me off probably at some point. Um, but yeah, so this earlier this week, um, the all-star reserves were announced for both conferences, completing, you know, the pool of players that will be available in the draft. And with that being said... We're going to go through the list real quick. And I know, Alex, you have some, uh, you have the list pulled up on your phone. Uh, so would you mind running through? Let's go through the East uh, All Star starters and, and reserves first. So, so who made it for the East? Okay, yeah. Um, so the East starters, we have Giannis, uh, KD, um, Brad Beal, uh, Kyrie, and then Embiid. Um, and then uh, for the reserves, they have Harden, Jalen Brown, um, Ben Simmons. Jason Tatum and Nikola Vucevic, and then um, Zach Levine and Julius Randle as well. Um, and then going through the West, 
Um, I'm assuming you just want to do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go west. Okay. Uh, obviously LeBron James. You know, seventeen, seventeenth time. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That is actually insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but the rest of the starters: uh, Curry, uh, Luka Doncic, um, Kawhi, and then uh, the Joker. And the reserves for them: we got AD, uh, Paul George, uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, and uh, Zion. Man. This is a pretty stacked, uh, stacked list of players right there, um, and another you know notable one, Chris Paul, eleven All Star appearances, yeah, which is crazy. We were just talking about it off, you know, before we started recording on like how some of the older guys in the league just continue to <laughs> continue to play at such a high level and like make All Star games in their well into their thirties. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy, and it just makes it even that much tougher for these young guys to break through. Right. Like, there's only, you know, so many spots that they have on each team. I think the more guys, like, prolong their career, like a LeBron or like a Chris Paul, it's there's so it widens the range of talent in the league because, um, you know, normally they, in the past, I, it's been very rare to see players at Chris Paul and LeBron's age still, like, not just, like, getting sympathy votes for all-star but like truly they are playing at you know an all-star level and so that just it just makes the competition so much better when you've got guys from all you know generations of the game that are able to uh able to play at such a high level um so with that list uh keep something to keep in mind is that in the west anthony davis is not going to be playing he was replaced by devin booker and in the East, Kevin Durant, the, you know, the captain of his own team, will also not be playing. Yeah. Uh, his starting position was replaced by Jason Tatum, and then the new spot that became available was uh, filled by your boy, Sabonis. Yeah, there we go. Getting his second. I think that's his second All-Star, yeah, right? Because he was an All-Star last year. Yep, it's going to be number two. Dang, so. man. That's honestly like quite a come-up for Sabonis. I remember when he was just like a – potential uh not not even superstar just like a just like a good prospect on the thunder yeah i mean he was almost like the afterthought in that trade really yeah yeah oladipo was the was the big the big win yeah he was um i mean he was getting paid a lot more money uh than sabonis was at that time um and yeah it just seemed like he was kind of more the, the afterthought in that trade and it's um it's really cool to see him uh you know, develop a lot um, on this Pacers team and uh, make us make a second All Star game. So yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah. Um. So I will focus on the original picks first. Do you have any? Uh, do you agree with the selections? First of all, like oh, the majority wise, do you feel like the right guys made the All Star All Star team? Um. Yeah, I would say so. I think. Um. I think the right guys made it for the most part. I would say. Um, I mean, I am a little biased. I, I thought Sabonis should have made it in the reserves. The, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> for the East, I, I thought he was deserving of a spot. Um, you know, especially at the time that um, that they were announced, the Pacers were fourth in the in the East, mm-hmm. and I think that they were like the highest seeded team without an All Star at that point. Um, which you know, I thought was a little interesting i feel like that's a classic pacers thing yeah um they slipped a little bit this last week um but i mean that's just also the nature of the conference right now like right there's so many teams within like one to two games of each other 
Um, like, you know, just looking at the looking at the standings right now, there's like, I think like eight teams, sorry, seven teams within like one game of each other. I didn't, I'm looking at the standings too. I didn't realize Boston and, and the Pacers had fallen so low in the standings. Yeah. And like Miami is the, what, the fifth seed now? Yeah. But That's I mean, crazy. They were like, they were, I think earlier this week, literally they were the 10th seed. Yeah. It's, it's real tight right now in the East. Um, just with like. You know, so many teams packed like right around the same record. Um, yeah. So, um, so I guess I get that from some standpoint, but um, I really do think he was deserving. Um, he's picked up a lot of the offensive load mm-hmm. for this team when they, you know, we've had a few injuries this year. Um, TJ Warren's um, out. I mean, uh, Karis LeVert, you know, obviously yeah. um, he's been injured and um, hopefully he's going to make a, a fast recovery from his. Um, procedure that he had done mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah they just had a few guys out and um, i think he's really stepped up and put up some good numbers for this uh, for this team so i thought he was he was deserving um but i think it's just tough because i think when you ask that question you know who got left out you gotta also answer the question okay who's gonna who's it, gonna who's be taking that spot yeah, who's gonna get kicked out yeah and i think that's tough too because i think when you look at the east reserves i mean a lot of these guys you know are putting up really good numbers for their team um, and um, I think they're all playing well, so it's really just it's really tough with how many you know spots there are. So yeah. I feel like it's so limited. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just probably tough to break that that threshold. So it is. It's hard. There's like not. I, I mean, honestly, there's not many guys on either list that I would say they did not deserve an all star. But I I was listening to a podcast earlier this week where they were saying you know there there's. There's a feeling that the so the reserves are picked by the coaches, okay. and there's a feeling that the reserves are like the coaches every now and then they might be when they're when it comes to picking the reserves, they're just scrolling down the the standings and being like, oh, you you your team gets an all star, your team gets an all star, mm-hmm. which is like it's kind of weird, especially that like you said, Sabonis wouldn't have gotten picked, being that the Pacers were fourth in the East when the you know. Yeah. When this list was came out, I personally the one name on there that I feel like when I look at the guys that didn't make it in the East, and I look at who did make it, I I don't think Vucevic is an All Star. I'm gonna be honest. Mm, okay. I I mean he's a he's a great player, but I just think and we'll talk about the snubs here in a little bit. But there's some names that got left out in the East that I think have had a far more impactful season so far. Yeah. When you just talk about you know teams that are in the playoff hunt or that are you know firmly in the seated in the playoffs right now too um and Vujovic like it's nothing against Vujovic he's like I said he's a he's a great player I just think there were uh that that one was the one that surprised me the most I think I think I would have I think I would have gone with a Sabonis for sure in, in front of a Vujovic yeah um i honestly don't watch very much orlando basketball i don't either man i uh, I don't either i uh, don't know um a whole lot about what they're doing right now but i will say that i think um out of the first time all-stars in the east i do think julius randall is definitely deserving out of those guys i I agree um the knicks have have really surprised me so far um they're solidly in the hunt for a playoff spot this year Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that is due to him so i um was looking at that list and I'm, i was glad to see him in there because i thought he was very deserving of that spot me too because there's like you know there's a i a lot of people will say zach levine did not deserve an all-star spot because the bulls haven't been good i am not one of those people i think you know 
proud proud Chicago Bulls fan <laughs> in the room right now. It does l- listen like look. We ain't got to be great. Levine is playing incredible basketball. Um, but you know, I that's a different argument. The Julius Randle thing, though, I will say. I, not that I'm watching a ton of Knicks basketball either, but his stats, this, the stat jump for him is like crazy. And, and there's no one else on that team that's coming close to putting up the numbers that he is from like points, rebounds, three-point percentage. It, it's all it's all pointing, trending upwards for Randall, and there's no one else on that team that's really coming close. And so you, the Knicks are in playoff contention for the first time in a very long time, and I feel like you got to reward the guy that's you know, I, Tom Thibodeau's as head coach is you know probably the biggest reason for their success this year. But Randall is is definitely the most uh, most deserving as a as a player. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and especially it's interesting to look at um, some of these like preseason you know standings or, or predictions that a lot of people had, and you know they were. The Knicks were written off by a lot of people. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, I mean, I wouldn't have thought they'd be in this spot for sure. Yeah. You look at that roster and you're like, it's a, to think that Julius Randle would be like someone we're talking about right now is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They everyone had good reason at that point to write them off, but I think that they have they have really um, stepped up and um, that that team has been playing defense and uh, Julius Randle also is um, putting up a lot more points than mm-hmm. uh, than he usually has so. I really do think that he's very deserving of that spot, and the Knicks, um, the Knicks are uh, a, a nice, a nice uh, story so far. I'd yeah. say in the East, <laughs> they are a nice story. One other debate that came out of it in the starters was Luca versus um, Luca versus Damian Lillard as to who deserved that last starting spot in the West. Luca got the nod because of the fan vote pushed him over the edge. I'm curious. Do you think who who do you think is more deserving of that final starting spot, Luca or Damian Lillard? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think um, both of them are playing well this year. Um, I would say Luca probably is playing a little bit worse. It seems like than he was the previous year. Yeah. Um, especially looking at the the standings like of where their team's been at right now. Mm-hmm. I know that they have been struggling with a few injuries. Uh, I think Porzingis had been out for a while, and um, they had you know they had made some trades over the off season that probably didn't help um, ended up helping them as much as they thought they would um, like dragging away Seth Curry. I think he was actually a bigger piece of the offense than they probably thought yeah, he was. He definitely was. Um, so I don't want to put all of that uh, of their, their, you know, their team performance on, on him right now. Um, you know, because I, I do realize it's a bigger picture than just Luca, yeah. but yeah. I would say if I had to make a choice, I would say I think Lillard is probably more deserving of that starting spot mm-hmm. than Luca is. Um, and I thought it was actually really nice and, and telling that that Luca kind of went out and said something yeah. like that. He he had yeah. said that he had thought that you know Lillard is is deserving of that spot um, or something along the, the mm-hmm. I don't I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but yeah. it was something along the lines of that. So yeah. which I thought was was uh, very nice of him to say that. So. I think I thought so too. I mean, I'm biased. You look at my closet right now. I got a Damian Lillard jersey hanging up in there. <laughs> I agree that Lillard is more deserving. You made it like it's it's honestly, in my opinion, I think I value um, I think I value like team success a lot with All Star votes. Uh, this is the this is the one thing I I think I think that the All NBA team votes individual stats matter a lot more for that. But I think for an all-star, uh, for an all-star team each year, you get a glimpse of like 
what the league looks like at that moment in time. Who's successful? Like this year, the Jazz having one of the best seasons in that you know franchise's history, off to such a great start, and you see both Gobert and Mitchell making the All Star team. Like that's, I, I feel like that's pretty telling of of how successful they've been this season. And I think for Luca, the Luca versus Lillard debate, you know, the Mavericks have been in large part. I mean, not a huge disappointment because there wasn't huge expectations on them, but they're definitely not the team we thought they would be this year. Um, and yes, they've had some injuries, but when you look at the flip side of that with the Trailblazers, uh, they don't have McCollum. He's been out for quite a while. They don't have um, Nurkic either, who's been out for a long time as well. And Lillard is carrying them game in and game out, and they're like fifth in the West maybe? Yeah. Fifth or sixth in the West? So it's like... I I kind of just, you know, I look at that and I think for this season, if, you know, when I look back at the All-Star lineup in a year or two, I, I, I would think I want to see, oh, that's right, Lillard was carrying the Blazers on their back into, you know, at this point in the season. Uh, I, I personally think that's why he was deserving of it. It's not a huge debate because they're both incredibly talented players and, and both playing, like, Luke is having a great season himself. Uh, I just think the team success matters. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And it seems like, it's funny you mentioned that. I feel like Nurkic is like almost always injured. It seems Dude, like. Dude, yes. Oh he, my gosh. He cannot Literally. stay healthy. Um, I feel sorry. I feel bad for that. You know, just because uh, he's, he's a great player when uh, when healthy. He um, is. And I think the Blazers are good with him in too. It's kind of like, I feel like Dame can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah. My man is like constantly hit with a team that's injured. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that seems to be true. And I agree with you on for the most part on like the, the team success and having wanting to have like players from the teams that are doing well, um, in the all star game. Not that I think that there should be a certain quota for where your team right. stands. Yeah. Like, you know, first place gets three guys, you know, second gets two, you know, something like that. But I, I do think that when it comes down to it, if you're maybe debating over putting two guys in, if you have one guy that's on a, a winning team and another guy who's putting up similar stats, but their team, you know, isn't really in the playoff picture or is, is doing poorly, I would say you probably would give the nod to the guy who's on the better team. Um, yeah, I just agree. Just that, you know, they're producing, like, winning basketball. So I, I know that that's, you know, not completely in the hands of, of one singular player, but I do think that that team says sorry team success is also important when when looking at that so yeah i think so too i i I would definitely agree with with all that you just said um okay so now we get to talk about the guys that didn't make it so i felt like there was a pretty like strong core of all-star snubs in this year's draft and i think it's more of a reflection of the league and how how much talent is is truly in the league right now um and so i i was able to compile six guys from each conference that i felt like is having a all-star caliber season uh but did not make the team at least originally so sabonis and devin booker are both on this list because they did not make the original selection um so what alex and i are gonna do now is we're gonna have an all-star draft of our own one of us, you know, is gonna is Team LeBron. One of us is Team Durant. You know, one <laughs> one of those kind of situations. Unfortunately, we don't have the TNT crew to cover it live. You know, mm-hmm. I called, I couldn't quite make it work out. Ernie Gosh. was busy. Um, but, but anyway, 
Alex, I'm going to ask Siri to flip a coin for us. Okay. Uh, and the winner of the coin toss will get to pick first in our draft. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'm going to go with heads. You're going heads, all right. Siri, flip a coin for me. It's heads. There we what go. do you know? There Alex Bolin's working the magic tonight. Nice. Um, okay. So, would you like to pick first or second, Alex? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and pick first. There you go. All right. So before, um, before Alex picks, let me, let me introduce you the uh, the pool of players you have to choose from. And we're gonna go. You can pick from either conference. It's not like okay. a. Uh, which is, I think that that's how they do it in the actual draft too. It's not, yeah. it's not East versus West. It's Correct. you combine the pool. So from the East, the all-star snubs I selected were Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Sabonis, Fred Van Vliet, and Gordon Hayward. I also, just to preface, I didn't really like focus on positions with this group. Okay. I felt like that was going to be too, I was going to be too in the weeds with that trying to pick yeah. certain positions. Uh, so it's just anyone I felt like should have um, should have made it. Okay. Uh, from the West, Devin Booker, Mike Conley, DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, and Christian Wood. What do you think of that list? Mm, I like a lot of those guys. I mean, um, they're uh, each one of those guys is a solid player. I think each of them is having a good season. Um, you know, I, I don't know if necessarily under the right circumstances all of them would made it right but yeah. i do feel like these guys are all of them are having a good season um for themselves right now so um i really like this list um i also just like uh the draft style format yes that the, uh, that the all-star game has went to um and that we're doing now i i really like that i think it it creates a little more intrigue oh yeah totally um and like a little more like dialogue rather than just you know east versus west um just uh you know, spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, it just makes it more interesting. So. I also think it makes the game more fun. Like, the the years that we've had the All-Star Draft have been some of the more entertaining game, actual All-Star games that we've had in, you know, in my lifetime. When, when Whenever the, the East versus West thing, I don't know why, but it, I think it just got stale. And then when you get players, like, in a draft situation – you know someone's gonna have the you know the chip on their shoulder because they were picked last out of a group of all stars and <laughs> yeah. you know potentially have a really nice game. Um, anyway, so that uh, Alex uh, won the coin toss. He picked heads and won, and so he's going to pick first. So, Team Alex, who go. who will you pick with your first overall selection in our All Star Fantasy Snub Draft? Okay, um, so my first selection uh, is gonna be a guy who. Ended up actually making the all-star team due to an injury. Um, and got to represent my uh, home state of Indiana. I'm going to pick Sabonis. My, my guy. What a homer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going for it. Yeah. I knew you were going for it. I could see it in your eye. You okay. got to, But I, I get it. You know, you got to represent for the home for the home team. Yeah. I like it. I like the pick. Sabonis is, a, is truly a, a franchise caliber player. And like I said, I thought he should have made it in the first round. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm also I I didn't mention this earlier, but we're also going snake style. Okay, so you get two picks now. Yes. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So all then right. I get two picks after. Yes, you, you right? get two picks after me. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Yep. Okay. So, all right, with the second pick in our All Star snub draft, I'm going to pick Devin Booker. Another guy who is going to be in the game, 
Um, but only due to injury because Anthony Davis is out and not playing in the all-star game. I think Devin Booker, Devin Booker is truly, I think like a top 15 player in the league. Wow. So kind of, kind of weird to think that he didn't make this original list. I think it, he's not having as statistically impressive of a season this year, but I think it's just because Chris Paul's there. Yeah. He doesn't have to carry the, as much of a load now. Yeah. He doesn't have to do everything. Um, but also their team's playing a lot better too. Yes. I mean, they're like, what, fourth in the West right now? Yeah. So. Their team is, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with Chris Paul being there too, but um, that's my, that's my first pick. Yeah. That's a good pick. He's, uh, he's having a great season, so. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I like it. We'll get on to, to my second pick. I didn't really strategize for this draft, so. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, in an all-star game. I think you just gotta. It's less. A, I'm. I'm not building an actual team here. It's a lot mm-hmm. about getting points. Okay. And and putting on a show for the fans. Okay. So honestly, second pick here, I'm going Trey Young. Wow. Because okay. my guy, my guy can can score from anywhere. He's got he's got one of those limitless range kind of shots. Mm-hmm. He can score. You can shoot it from the logo. And and in all, he did it actually in the last All Star game. He <laughs> yeah. shot it from the logo. Yeah. He so. Did. I feel like a Trey Young, Devin Booker backcourt is going to be pretty unstoppable. They're going to be exciting uh, for sure, and I think that maybe his lack of defense might be part of the reason why he didn't, <laughs> oh. he didn't make the the original team. You're so right, honestly. I mean, because he's a phenomenal uh, offensive piece. You know, I think um, he's he does great things for the offense there, um, but uh, defensively, I mean, it's it's tough. It is just, tough. Just go watch some of the. Watch some of the Hawks games, man. It's it's uh, it's tough watching them on defense. So. Like how you, the the NBA is very pick and roll heavy right now, where guys switch. Like literally, all you have to do is take your best player, run a pick and roll with you know uh, whoever is being guarded by Trey Young, and then have Trey Young switch on to your best player, and it's a point. Like that yeah. dude is not going to stop anybody. Yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah. So. Um. Okay, Alex, it's your turn. Hmm. Your second overall pick. Okay. Uh, to join Sabonis on your team. Okay. Um, so I'm seeing that you picked... Uh, okay, so two guards. So I should probably load up um, on some guards as well since I just have Sabonis <laughs> right now. Um, I like the strategy. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to go with uh, Fred Van Vliet right here. Ooh. Um, okay. I think he just got a pretty big contract this last year. He did. If I'm not mistaken. And I think he is definitely earning it right now. Um, he's, he's been playing really well. Um, he's, I think he's taken on a larger role due to like, uh, the Toronto trading away a few of their pieces that they've had for a while. Um, Ibaka's out of there, mm-hmm. uh, Gasol's out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, I think he's playing really well and I think, um, I think he would, uh, do pretty well against, uh, your team, Josh. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. Fred, Fred Van Vliet is having a good year and I think, you know, Toronto's like the fourth seed in the East now. And I think, like like you're saying, in large part due to him. So, go for it. Yeah. Um, okay. My second pick, uh, I'm probably going to have to go with um, another nod to uh, Indiana, uh, Mike Conley. Is he from Indiana? Uh, he played He played high school in Indiana. He played wow. with uh, him and uh, Greg Oden were on the same team in high school. What? And they played for uh, Lawrence North, which is a school in Indianapolis. Wow. And they both 
after that, they both went to Ohio State and played there. I had no idea. Yeah, and then they went to the national championship and lost to uh, Florida Gators that year. I do remember that. Those are like the Billy Donovan yeah. Florida Gator teams, yeah. right? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's it, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So uh, he played He played high school basketball um, in Indiana. So I, Okay. And uh, he certainly knows how to win. The Jazz right now are, are on fire, so I think uh, <laughs> he could help me pick up a win in the All-Star snub game. He's a great, he, I think so too. He's a great like offense initiator or, or like floor general. Yeah. Did you know Mike Conley has never made an All-Star game? Wow, I did not know that. But <laughs> Did you actually not know that? Or uh, are you just saying head. that? Okay, because I, like... I feel like I've heard that a million times mm. over like, you know, in podcasts or on like, articles and stuff out there like people were really pushing hard for mike conley to make an all-star team this year because just because he hasn't made one and because the jazz are, have been playing so good yeah that is kind of surprising i think looking back on it i probably did see that somewhere i didn't remember off the top of my head yeah yeah um but he was on some good uh, memphis grizzlies teams right. back in the day i mean like you know they had what him uh zach randolph uh marcus Mar- all Mar- um i mean they had a they had a a really good team back. They went there. to the Western Conference Finals one year. Yeah, so had like, had a pretty deep playoff run, which is which is you know a big thing for that franchise. True. Um, all right. So right now, Alex has Sabonis. Is it Demontis Sabonis? Is that how you say his first so, name? Yeah, Demontis Sabonis, Fred Van Vliet, Mike Conley. I like you've got like a really like that's a basketball team right there. Yeah, you guys are gonna be moving the ball, playing defense, hustling. Like I I, I kind of like this this vibe. Yeah, Mine right. is just like a an AAU team. I've got Devin Booker and Trey Young <laughs> so far, um, and now I get to move on to my third pick. So I almost picked this guy on my last pick, but like I I just felt like I needed to grab the talent and Trey Young first. Mm. I there's not a lot of bigs on this list, and you already have one. So I'm going Bam Adebayo with my third pick. Oh, nice. Bam is like is another guy that I think you know is fringe like top twenty player in the NBA. Um, just the the performance that he's had this year on a Miami team that has been ravaged with injuries and with COVID cases has been pretty impressive. Like you'll see, like I'll see stat lines against some of the better teams in the east where you know jimmy butler's not playing and the heat lose but Adebayo's score is like 30 or 40 and that's not something i think anyone really expected from him uh as a as a player because he's such a defensive he's, he's such a lockdown defender and he's undersized too i i just i like Adebayo and all that he provides to the heat and I feel like I gotta I gotta have some some rim insurance because uh, or else the bonus will be going to town on my team. Yeah, he's a good pickup. Um, I uh, I'm honestly surprised he's he's just he's still available <laughs> this far into the draft. So. I scared you with my guards and uh, yeah. threw you off the scent of of uh, Adebayo. Yeah, you did. Good job. <laughs> um, okay, next. Whew. This is a tough one. Cause uh, there's there's a lot of there's still a lot of talent left on the board. Um, I'm gonna go here with oh man, it's I I can't figure it out. I'm gonna go with Chris Middleton actually. Hmm. We're gonna go Chris Middleton here. Uh, great shooter. I personally think the Bucks need to use him more. I think he needs to be he needs to have the ball in his hands more than he already does. 
Um, he may not be, you know, the flashiest player, but I feel like next to Trey Young and Devin Booker, let 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 Chris Middleton just kind of, you know, stand in the corner if he needs to, and <laughs> and uh, watch Trey dribble around until he decides to pass him the ball and uh, and hit a hit a couple clutch shots for me. Yeah, no, he's a good pick. I was hoping you wouldn't pick him. I, I was gonna, I was gonna go for him next time. So Dang, man, you it's getting it, heated in here. You made it more complicated for me. <laughs> All right, so it's back to you, Alex. So this will be your fourth and fifth picks. Okay. And Are then we... you'll have one more to get your sixth man. Okay, so we're doing all six. Yeah, we're going to do... I, I should have prefaced with that. We're each picking a starting five and a sixth man. Gotcha. So everyone's going to be real tired at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's an all-star game. They don't have to play that much defense. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, my fourth pick. Um, I am probably going to go with a wing player. Just because I don't have any right now. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, I like it. He's he's a solid one. I mean, he's not having the same season he was last year, but he's a big part of the Pelicans' core for their future. And he's improved so much since, you know, he was, <laughs> you know, a not great player on the Lakers. So. Yeah, no, that's true. He's gotten a lot better since he was with the Lakers. And I think, honestly, like Zion is probably kind of, overshadowing a lot of yeah. stuff he's been doing lately um just with like zion's like resurgence this year um has been like really incredible to see just yes. how incredibly efficient and also just the numbers he's putting up in that system that they have going on there yeah is, uh, is impressive so um but i still think brandon ingram is, is pl- playing pretty well and i think uh he'll give me some solid minutes in uh in this all-star game so all right number number five pick for alex now what you who are you going with Mm, okay um i'm going with a guy who hasn't been an all-star yet but i think um he is has put up some good minutes last year and also this year uh going with christian wood christian oh wow that's a deep cut man yeah so we're gonna have a big team over here yeah, um, Sabonis and Wood. You got two big men. Yeah, so uh, you better watch out, Josh. I, I, I don't have the size right now, that's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, Bam Adebayo is not exactly like a, a super tall big. So, all right, I like – that's a – Christian Wood having a solid season in Houston. I think, you know, he had the he had a good second half of the year in Detroit last year, and, you know, not everyone was sure if that was just a, you know, coincidence playing for a bad team, but – I think I think he's a, he truly is a All Star caliber player. He probably I think he'll make All Star eventually at some point in his career. Yeah, I think so too. And I um I'm I'm glad that Houston picked him up. I think that's a really that was ended up being a really good pickup for them. Yes. Um, I'm surprised that Detroit didn't try to either match that offer or give him a, a you know a bigger contract because he uh like you said he was putting up some good numbers in the last the later half of the last season he had with Detroit. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I now I I will go with my fifth and sixth pick, um, so my my last starter and my sixth man. Alex, you've got a lot of size on me. I'm not gonna lie yeah. with yeah. Sabonis and Wood, uh, but I think the best way I can combat that is to add some speed on my team, mm-hmm. make those make those big guys run, maybe get a couple switches that work in my favor. So I'm gonna go De'Aaron Fox. Oh, De'Aaron Fox. I think having an all-star caliber kind of season, but he's playing for the Kings who just never seem to get it right even after having a, you know, 
a couple of stud picks like Fox and now Halliburton. Uh, but Fox is, I think, probably he might be the fastest player in the league. And yeah, hopefully that that could work out for my for my snub team and you know this fake game that we're creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he um, is, he got a big contract this last year, and I yeah. think uh, I think he is playing well. And yeah, just unfortunate for that Kings franchise. I'm uh, I'm sorry if uh, there's any Kings fans that listen <laughs> to this. They have uh, they've just struggled for so long. It's it's just sad because yeah. they they're not like a terribly you know they're they're not a terrible roster. They've got some talent. Yeah, they always seem to have some talent on that roster. I mean, even when they had like Demarcus Cousins in right. There, um, they still like struggled to. I don't even. Did they make the playoffs with him? I don't even know. No, I don't know. It was yeah. Sure. It just it never seems to quite work out well for them. So, um, but he De'Aaron Fox is having a good year. So, yeah. um, and uh, the speed. I like the speed angle. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my last starter. So that gives me one more pick uh, to come in as my sixth man. You know. Coming off the bench, you'd like to have a spark plug score. And I'm going with a guy who is scoring a lot more than I thought he would this year. And that's Gordon Hayward. Mm. I'm going to go Gordon Hayward here. I think he's having a solid season in Charlotte. One of the few reasons to watch the... Well, not one of the... I'll say LaMelo Ball is definitely a reason to watch the Hornets. But Gordon Hayward's a huge part of their success. Not only can he score, but he can move the ball too. And I want, I want my team to be unselfish. So... Yeah, he was a really good pickup for him for them. Um, he got a surprisingly large contract as yeah, well yeah. from Charlotte, which I mean I understand you know why he went there. I think it'd be hard for me to turn down that amount of money. <laughs> he too. was looking he was looking for the bag. Let's be honest. Yeah. He, he was looking for a, a big payday. Yeah, and he got it. So you know, respect the hustle. Um, but uh, man, I'm I'm disappointed in myself. I feel like I should have picked another guy. Let Hayward him. slip, man. Yeah, another um, Indiana connection. Right yes, there. exactly. Going to Butler, so. <laughs> I apologize to any Indiana uh, Indiana fans listen to this. I, I, I let <laughs> you, us down. You've let down the great state. Yeah. All right. So that leaves you with DeMar DeRozan, Alex. Yeah. yeah sorry, DeMar. Last pick. Sorry, DeMar, um, that I, I let you down. But you are you're my last guy, and we're going to get you some solid minutes off the bench here. So. And, uh, DeMar DeRozan having a good season, too. He's actually shooting the ball this year. and That's true. Seems yeah. to be going well for him. The, uh, the Spurs always seem to be um, – in the mix of things, no matter who is on that roster, yeah, um, it seems just like that organization and Pop, you know, do a good job uh, almost every year. And uh, Demar is also, I think, a good reason to credit um, some of the success that they're seeing as well. I think he's he's playing well in that system. So yeah, I think I, I think so too. All right, so to recap, um, Alex, his All Star snub team is DeMontis Sabonis, Fred Van Vliet, Mike Conley, Brandon Ingram, Christian Wood, and DeMar DeRozan. My all-star snub team, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, De'Aaron Fox, and Gordon Hayward. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a little graphic to display these two teams and maybe get some input on, on social. So be on the lookout on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and give us a vote. Who, who do you think would win this matchup of all-star snub teams? I'm interested to know. I mean, I feel pretty good about my squad, but it's it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. There's a, I don't have the size advantage. So. Yeah, that's true. I don't have the Indi- I don't have as many Indiana ballers on my team, and <laughs> yeah. that's truly what uh, – that, that might be what I'm missing. That's going to be the deciding factor. <laughs> so. 
Vote for Team Alex. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's our that's our All Star snub draft. We we just have a few other things to hit on in today's episode. Uh, the the trade deadline is is kind of quickly approaching. We're not quite at the halfway point of the season, but uh, the trade deadline is coming up with uh, with the All Star break approaching as well and there's been some names that have been floated out there in recent weeks as well as teams uh that are eager to make a trade now we've talked about this before alex but i think in a season where one covid is on the front of mind of every organization and it it takes a lot for a trade to be made because of different health protocols and whatnot but also this is the first year the play-in tournament has a has uh really been in effect the whole year and teams have time to prepare for that and it reaches as deep as the 10th seed in each conference so teams that normally would be selling at the trade deadline may not be selling anymore because they feel like they have a shot to make the playoffs so i i think you know the the expectation is not for there not to be as many trades this uh this trade deadline because of that but I this is still a very trade the 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 league has a lot of player movement these days so I, I don't think we should expect no trades um we each collected a few ideas um around different players or different teams and we're we're gonna discuss a few of them so so Alex your first one has to do with the Knicks uh tell me what what move you think the Knicks can make at the deadline yeah, Josh. Um, I really like the Knicks so far this season. Um, they're a team, like I said earlier, just a lot of people have written off, and myself included in that right. in that crowd. Um, but I think uh, so far they've had a good showing, and I think uh, they could maybe make a, just a few moves at the trade deadline to help uh, bolster their case to be a playoff team and help really solidify their spot um, in the playoffs. Um, and I'm just thinking like long term on this, as far as like you know solidifying themselves as a franchise that would be a attractive destination for a free agent to want to go to um, because I feel like I, I always just see them as in like these you know free agent rumors or trade rumors like I feel like you always see the Knicks but it like never pans out yeah. and I feel like part of that might be due to them being a poorly run organization for the last uh, who knows how many years a long time so yeah. um, I feel like if they can make a few pieces uh, trade a few pieces here and maybe uh, make themselves look like a team that would be a, a attractive place for a free agent maybe to sign on the off season. I think that would be a smart move personally for them. Um, so my first trade I had for them was um, trading Kevin Knox. Um, and I know that might be like controversial or maybe like, whoa, you're pulling the plug on this guy yeah. too soon. Yeah. Because um, he still is really young, um, and he's I think only been with them for two or three years. Yeah. Um, but I I really think he's fallen out of the rotation there. Um, he, I don't think he sees as many minutes as he probably was hoping for, um, especially for you know a lottery level pick. Um, and I think um, the Knicks haven't been great at at uh, bringing up talent and um, really fostering like young guys and helping them turn into um, you know all star caliber players or yeah. you know um, or whatnot. So um, I think that he himself could probably benefit from a different team that is better at um, developing this young talent. And also I think New York could probably. Um, flip him for a piece that could probably help contribute now and help you know solidify their their place in in the playoffs but also help them make 
them look like a, a attractive destination yeah. for a free agent. So um, a few people I think that they could possibly trade him for could maybe be like Thad Young on the Bulls. Um, I think he's putting up solid minutes for them. Um, he's having a real good season. He is. He he played really well when he was the Pacers as well. Yeah, so, oh, that's right. He was in Indiana. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. So um, he's a he's a solid veteran. I think he would he would um, he could help out that team and um, just add another piece there. Yeah. Um, to to maybe help them win a few more games and really like. Um, solidly put them in a position of being in the playoffs. Um, and another guy I was thinking that they could land possibly is J.J. Redick. Yeah, you were talking to he's got some family in New York, right? Yeah, that's what I that's what I heard. I don't know exactly who, but I um, had read some things where he was wanting to possibly play up in like the uh, in the Northeast area, um, possibly yeah. them, the Nets, or maybe like I don't know Boston, maybe something like something around in that hmm. area to be closer yeah. to family. So. Um, honestly, the uh, I don't think the Knicks are really known for their shooting either. Um, I think he <laughs> no. could really help space the floor for them. Um, also, another great locker room guy, another veteran yeah. that would that could you know, I think could really help with uh, some of the younger pieces that they have there too. Um, so I think if they could possibly make a move for either of those guys at the trade deadline, I think it would really help bolster up their roster and also just uh, I feel like um, really help this this uh, young group of guys that they have there. Yeah, I, I like b- both of those ideas. Um, one, I think the Knicks going all in on this season, not as a you know as a championship team or anything, but just to like end the playoff drought streak and get back in and kind of rejuvenate the fan base a little bit makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, Tom Thibodeau isn't known for playing young players. He's uh, he's he was that way as a bull as the Bulls coach. Like, unless you're a superstar, like Jimmy Butler was on the bench his whole rookie season. He didn't really become the player he is now until, like, his third season in the league because Thibodeau just never played him. Wow. Um, I think for Kevin Knox already being in his third season, it, it's not, that's not a great, having not proved a ton at uh, that stage in his career, it doesn't bode well being under Tom Thibodeau because he's going to, he, he he's going to want to play the veteran guy. So it makes a lot of sense moving a Kevin Knox for a Thad Young or a J.J. Reddick guys who have been in this league for a long time and could provide wins right now. Um, so I, I think that's a that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, we're going to uh, introduce one of my trade ideas. Was Actually, it's not really my trade idea. I saw this online Um as I was browsing internet trade ideas. And that was the Nets uh, making a move by sending Spencer Didwitty to the Houston Rockets and the Rockets sending P.J. Tucker in a second-round pick to the Nets. Now, the reason I feel like this could happen potentially, recently the Nets have been playing with without a, a true big man. You know, they traded Jared Allen, and DeAndre Jordan didn't really, like, you know, otherworldly at this point in his career. Yeah. So they've been playing a lot of minutes with uh, Bruce Brown, who's traditionally a shooting guard, playing, you know, the essentially the center position in a lot of, like, almost as a rim runner, as, you know. Okay. Uh, and so who who plays the small ball five better than anybody is P.J. Tucker. And so I feel like if the Nets, <laughs> if the Nets are really going to commit to that style of basketball and – you know they don't. I mean, it's not. It's not like they necessarily 
need a big man because they've got so much scoring. It would help, but I just feel like if they're not able to swing a trade for an Andre Drummond or a, I, I don't even know, there's not like a ton of bigs on the market right now. If they're not able to get one of the bigger names out there, they might just say, screw it, let's go. Let's get a guy in P.J. Tucker who we know is a veteran. We know he can come in here and play solid minutes for us, give a ton of effort on the defensive end, and also hit down, hit uh, open three-point shots, which with the guys they have on that roster, there's going to be open shots available. So uh, that's kind of my thought behind that trade. Hmm. Yeah, I like that for um, for Brooklyn. Um, yeah, like you said, P.J. Tucker, quintessential small ball five uh, that happened the last few years in Houston. Um, yep. So it's it's obvious that he already knows that role and can play that role. Um, and I do think that, that the Nets are very lacking at that position right now. Yep. Um, so I think that he could really help them. And like you said, with so many offensive weapons they have, um, he's going to be getting wide open looks, um, especially <laughs> once, once KD comes back. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think uh, he would be very capable in that in that uh, situation, and he would have a very clearly defined role. Yes. I think something that he could he could excel at, especially like later on in his career. So um, if they could pull that off, I think that'd be a huge win for them. Yeah. Um, not that they haven't had any wins so far. Right in the trade market, yeah, they kind of <laughs> already had one. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to, to see them make another trade with Houston. Since oh, they that's are, true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, honestly, though, it doesn't seem like Houston's really a win-now position. No. I mean, whatever they can probably get for for the veterans they have now, I mean, seems like something that they probably are going to end up doing anyway. I think so, too. I think uh, the other thing, too, is P.J. Tucker, you know, will give you effort on defense, and they don't have a lot of defense right now. Um, he's not – I wouldn't – I don't think of him as, like, a lockdown defender by any means, but I think – I think just having an, a body out there and a presence other than like Joe Harris and, and um, whoever else, Bruce Brown, that they're throwing out there right now would probably would, would be helpful. Um, okay, so let's move on to the another trade I want to talk about that you proposed, Alex, that you had seen out there is Kyle Lowry going to the Sixers. Yeah, um, I, yeah I saw that in a few places. Um, I thought that that was particularly interesting um just it seems that you know uh the raptors seem like that they are are um on their way to making the playoffs again but it's kind of a different scenario i think than it has been previous years it doesn't seem like that they're really in the driver's seat in the in their conference or even close to that it seems like no um and uh i i've heard that kyle Lowry also i think he is either family or he kind of grew up around the philadelphia area um, yeah that's right so um, him probably wanting to play there, I, I could totally see that. And I, I really think the Sixers um, could benefit from another guy on the offensive side who could um, create his own shot. You know, he has the mm-hmm. ability to do that. Um, another person who, you know, is a respectable three-point shooter. Um, he could continue to help space the floor with um, if you were going to have Simmons and Embiid out there at mm-hmm. the same time as well. Um, so I think I – think, you know, as far as from a playing standpoint, the Sixers, I think yes, that would work really well for them. I don't, I don't know exactly what they would send back to Toronto yeah. for them to be able to do this, um, and especially matching the numbers. You know, as far as like dollars on contract, I know, I know that Lowry's probably making a, a pretty penny right now. He too. is. He's he's making a lot of money. I I want to say he's in like the thirty million territory, uh, and like we talked about before, he's thirty four. 
So he's not young by any means, and this would definitely be like an all-in move on this season, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, considering how well they're playing. I would imagine the Raptors would want picks and young assets back for Lowry, which the Sixers actually have. I mean, I, I imagine they would ask for either Matisse Thybul or Tyrese Maxey, uh, the rookie who's having a pretty good season there in Philly too. And I think they'd probably want picks with either one of those guys. Um, but also neither of those guys would match his salary. So I'm not sure who else would have to be involved in that trade. I, I, that, that, that seems like a tricky trade to pull off, but you might be able to get a third team involved. I think that's probably mm-hmm. what, what it would take. And yeah. I don't know what well, Daryl Morey is like very, uh, very adventurous in his trades. So it's, this one doesn't actually seem that unlikely to me. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think maybe you could get like a third team in there, like uh, Cleveland possibly yeah. moving like Andre Drummond. Drummond, true. Okay. Because heard... there's been talk about the Raptors wanting uh, uh, wanting Drummond specifically. So Yeah, so I mean like they have to be comfortable with moving Lowry on that. But I mean like like also like you said that they had really kind of wanted to shore up the center position for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the guys that they had right now weren't really meeting their needs. I think uh, yeah. Chris Boucher and then uh, Aaron Baines, I think, are the two guys that they have. Yeah. Which, I, um, I think it's Boucher, but I think oh, he's... my bad. No, no, no. It's, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But I think he is definitely like coming along as a young player, but neither one of those guys is someone you could necessarily start in a playoff series as like we need you to especially in the east like we need you to go against joel and bead and brooke lopez and Giannis and like really you know bigger bigger lineups in the east yeah um so i like that trade and i like the Cavs getting involved too because i feel like that that might you know the the drummond piece has definitely been talked about out there um okay a couple of trades that came to my mind for a player I feel like will be on the market, even if it's not this trade deadline sometime in the future. Uh, that player is Victor Oladipo. So we know he got involved in the James Harden trade a little bit. That's how mm. the Pacers got Levert. Yeah. Uh, he goes to Houston, who has no intention of winning right now. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's definitely true. Uh, Oladipo, I see him as a, a, a very valuable player right now, a, a, a guard that can defend. And that can also create his own shot. Uh, he he's not going to be your uh, your number one offense initiator, but like absolutely can carry the load for you on any given night. And he's recovered pretty well from the ACL injury, from you know, from what I understand. The two teams that I I have being possible suitors would be the Nuggets and the Mavericks. And I think it just depends on what Houston wants. I imagine they'll want a draft pick at least. Uh, for for Oladipo in addition to maybe a young player so the two trades I had uh, that I saw potential for would have been uh, the Mavericks trading Porzingis in a pick for Oladipo and then for the Nuggets it would be the Nuggets trading Jamal Murray in a pick for Oladipo so those both of those would be pretty like big moves for each of those teams I think the Mavericks there's been rumors that they want to move Porzingis because he just unfortunately can't stay healthy I think the Rockets would just have to hope he stays healthy. And then for the Nuggets, um, Jamal Murray, after having such a crazy playoff run last last season in the bubble, hasn't been nearly as consistent this season. And I and the Nuggets, if there's one thing they need, it's defense. They are one of the worst defensive teams in the league for how good they are offensively um, and how good they were last season. So I, I, 
I think they need to make a move regardless of if it's as big a move as Oladipo, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on either of those trades? Yeah, um, I really think uh, th- those teams that you mentioned possibly trading for Oladipo uh, could definitely use could definitely use him. I think uh, Denver might have underestimated the value that Jeremy Grant was giving them yeah. uh, last year and, and letting him sign in Detroit, you know, um, and seeing the season he's having there now. I think uh, you really see that, like, wow, maybe he did add a lot more value than mm-hmm. they, they had thought. Um, so... Uh, I could I could see Old Depot um, playing well there. Um, I mean, like both of those teams um, that you mentioned, he wouldn't have to be the number one guy. And yeah. I do agree with you. I don't think that you're gonna be a championship caliber team with Old Depot as your number one guy. Right. And it's not a knock on him. It's just no. That's just the position he's at in yeah. the league. Yeah. And there's only a, probably a handful of guys in the league who could be the number one option right. on a championship caliber team. So right. um, not a knock on him. Um, but I do think that both of these teams would um, benefit from him. I could see, uh, I could really see the Mavs benefiting him as well. Um, just having like another guy on the Mavs roster besides Luca right. who can create his own shot. Um, you know, I think uh, it seems like a lot of times it's just kind of like the Luca show out there, and uh, especially after they traded, you know, Seth Curry. I think he was a he was a bigger part of that offense than maybe they thought um, with his ability to spread the floor. Um, and seeing like that their three point percentage this year has has dropped off as a team significantly than it was last year. So I think he could he could definitely add scoring for you. Mm-hmm. Um, he could he's a bona fide second option mm-hmm. for that team. I think uh, they would have a really good backcourt there with uh, with Luca and Old Depot. Um, Absolutely. So um, again, like kind of like what you were saying, like would Houston be up for either of these trades? Like I don't know. I mean Porzingis. I mean he wouldn't probably have to. He wouldn't be the only big guy they have there, assuming they keep Christian Wood. Right. So I think that would be, you know, some insurance on that standpoint mm-hmm. where, you know, you aren't relying on Porzingis to be like the big guy. You right. Know, you have Christian Wood as well. Um, so it's not like he would be the only one you have there. Um, Jamal Murray, uh, it's interesting too. Um, I, I could see, I could also see, see that working out for them as well. I mean, at least in that standpoint, he doesn't have any, you know, health concerns as far as like, you know, you know, ailing injuries that he's been dealing with for a while. Um, but I do agree with you. They'd probably want some picks along with those guys as well. Yeah. So. I For the Rockets, it's definitely going to be about getting something in return for Oladipo because he's a free agent at the end of the season. Um, and I think that's definitely got to come in the compensation of draft picks. I just think... Uh, I think I, the reason I said for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, is simply because I feel like Michael Porter Jr. would be the other option, and I, I think he's way too valuable to the Nuggets to be involved in a trade right now. Like he's young, and kind of just blossoming as a as a scorer. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I I just don't think they'd be willing for no. Oladipo's great, but I don't think they'd be willing to give him up for just Oladipo. No, I don't, I don't see them trading him either. Yeah, it's, uh, from what I've heard, it seems like it doesn't seem like they're willing to trade him. Yeah, understandably though. Yeah, I, I it'd be interesting if the Rockets were able to were able to make either of those moves but um a couple other trades i just want to briefly gloss over real quick alex you mentioned the lakers might be looking for a center uh possibly hassan whiteside which would be i mean like the lakers have been a meme team for a while with the different guys they've added hassan (laughs) whiteside would join that meme territory i feel like um a couple a couple other ones i would include the celtics acquiring andre drummond we know that he's looking to be traded or the Cavs are looking to trade him 
the Celtics, they're not really aggressive, but maybe they get desperate uh, with the way they've been playing lately. It, it certainly could happen. And then the last one, uh, I heard this on a podcast earlier this week. Um, actually, not this specific trade, just uh, just that the Bulls might be interested in another point guard, uh, one of the Ball brothers, Lonzo Ball. And uh, they, I, I thought maybe maybe the Bulls trade Wendell Carter for Alonzo Ball straight up. Two two players who have shown potential but have been really inconsistent earlier in their careers. Maybe they do a swap because the Pelicans definitely need a better big man to play alongside Zion and Ingram. And the Bulls, I think, need a better starting point guard than Kobe White. But um, do you have any... Do you have, does any of those trades stick out to you, The uh, whether it's the Lakers... And Whiteside, the Celtics, and Drummond, uh, or the or the last one we just talked about. Um, yeah, I think uh, the two that stand out to me the most are probably Lonzo and then Lakers. Um, Lonzo, uh, I think, has had a pretty good year so far mm-hmm. for himself. He has been shooting the ball a lot better. Yes, uh, than he previously sure. had. I remember um, a lot of people knocked him for his shooting, also just kind of his funky form. Yeah, like, that he uh, just it just kind of looks. Uh, odd um, when he shoots, but I, he's definitely been shooting the ball a lot better um, as of recent, and um, I think that um, the Bulls could could use a talent like him, and um, also just uh, I don't I don't know a ton about uh, who's getting a, a lot of minutes with the Bulls, but I don't think that Wendell Carter is really getting as many minutes as he probably was hoping for, being a lottery level pick mm-hmm. um, for them. I think he was like one in the top. 10? He was a set, he was number seven overall. Yeah, he he's definitely like because Jim Boylan was honestly maybe the worst coach in the NBA for <laughs> last season. Just just really like I think messed up the development of some of these young guys. And I think I really do feel like Carter is just now like truly learning how to play his position offensively and defensively. He he just like he's. He's still kind of raw, I think, and um, hasn't. I don't think he scratched. I think he could be, you know, the comparison has always been Al Horford. I think he could be that kind of big, but he's definitely not there yet. And I think if you're the Pelicans, I don't think this trade. I don't really think this trade happens because of how well Lonzo's played lately. Um, but they would just be banking that they're banking on a a young player to become something that they need. But yeah, um, they also have that kind of potential issue already with Jackson Hayes so that might not truly be a um a need for them right now yeah that's true um I do also really like the the Lakers picking up another center though yeah they uh unfortunately lost both of their centers this last year uh Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee yeah um JaVale McGee being part of the meme team there yes yes he is so Um, Dwight Howard too (laughs) yeah he had his memes as well yeah um but I think especially Dwight he put up um, some really solid minutes for them throughout the playoffs and in a few playoff series. So um, I was really kind of bummed to see him go because I think he really was a, a, a good piece for them going through the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they're kind of lacking there. I mean, Marc Gasol, um, he has his moments, but he is, um, you know, on the tail end of his career, yeah. um, getting older. And then um, Montrez Harrell, I think uh, he's a little undersized as well. Um, and he's I feel like he's more of an offensive player. Uh, side of the ball oh, absolutely. player. Yeah. So um, I do think uh, Whiteside, that is interesting to me. Um, you know, he's under a small contract as well, which I'm sure would be um, nice for the Lakers. It seems like they have a bunch of money tied up in their other guys right now, understandably. 
Um, but I, I think that that would be interesting to see him come off the bench. I mean, he really wouldn't have to put up a ton of points. Um, he could, you know, just yeah. put 10, 15 minutes a game. You, you just need him in a, like, really in a playoff series, I think, yeah. to, to provide some some minutes to spare AD and, and Gasol and those guys. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll see what moves they make at the at the trade deadline. But I, I think he he could do well in that environment. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, some teams and players that I couldn't think of a specific trade for that I feel like could get involved at the deadline. So, the teams being the Clippers, the Raptors, and the Hawks. We actually talked about the Raptors a little bit already. And then some players that... Uh, we didn't name that I think have you know been floated out there that could be involved would be Vucevic on the Magic, DeMar DeRozan, Marvin Bagley on the Kings, and Aaron Gordon. Um, if you know any of those teams or players are involved, do you ex- like like what 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 names there do you expect to to see some movement from at the deadline? Yeah, um, I would say probably one of the two Orlando guys, Vujicic yeah. or Aaron Gordon. It seems like they always have a bunch of huge forwards and centers there at that that team. It seems like mm-hmm. they never have any guards. Um, no, and so I think it would it would probably benefit them to uh, let one of those other guys go to another team where maybe he would see some more minutes and he could mm-hmm. develop or or you know let some of those younger guys play because um, it doesn't seem right now that Orlando's probably going to make the playoffs. Right. Um, so I, I would definitely probably expect those two guys, um, maybe Bagley. I mean, Bagley was like a lottery pick, mm-hmm. um, hasn't, you know, hasn't panned out to what I think the Kings had thought he was going to be, but also it's the Kings and I don't think they're really known for developing young guys either. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I think he could just benefit from a different scene, yeah. maybe a different team to help mm-hmm. him develop. Um, so I'd say those, those three guys, um, it's interesting you put the Clippers there, Josh. I mean, yeah. they they have been playing well. Um, I mean, I know they're not the number one seed, but I'm, I I do feel like maybe they could add one or two more thing pieces. Yeah. And um, but I'm not really exactly sure what though. I that's what that's why I put them here is because I don't know what either, and I don't know who they give up. Their their roster is it's it's kind of hard to move anybody right now. But I just think they're playing great in the play or in the regular season. I just know, yeah. I mean, like, how many times have we seen Paul George falter in the playoffs? You know what I mean? And and yeah. Kawhi Leonard is certainly like good enough to carry the load for a team. I just think if you're banking on just Kawhi and Paul George to be the guys for you, you know, and and you're not really sure if there's a third guy. I mean, like when you look past them, it's it's Ibaka, it's Nicholas Batum, it's Lou Williams, and like. Those guys are good, but Lou Williams has never been a, a clutch playoff performer either. And you're not going to get big scoring from a Baca or Batum, I don't think, um, or a Patrick Beverly or someone like that. So I just like, I just think there's another move to be made to have some insurance for, you know, the inevitable like bad Paul George game in the playoffs. I just don't know what that move is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Serge was a, a good pickup for them in the offseason. Yeah, I think-, I think so too. Um, he can spread the floor. Um, he can, you know, he has the ability to shoot. He also is a really great defensive player. I think he will serve them well in in certain um, matchups that they maybe have where they face an elite big guy. I think he can he will really help in that situation. So I do like a lot of the pieces they have at their yeah. roster. I just I agree with you in some part where it's like 
I don't know. If I look at this roster, I see them as a team that's going to win. Exactly. Especially when you have the Brooklyn in the East. You know, right. Do I see them beating them in a series? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. It's like last year really was their year. When you think about it, like, and it's a, they, they collapsed. It's a shame they did, but like the, the East was kind of, you know, it was kind of a mess once you got down to it, looking at, uh, just that, that the number four seed came out and this really hot Miami team. And then the Lakers who are probably not as good as they are this year in the West being the team that won and got out and ended up winning the title. I just, I, they, I feel like they missed their window last year. And I like you said, the Nets being there, a better Lakers team being there this year. The Clippers are still in that same category, but I just think they've got to show us that they could actually go toe-to-toe with those teams, and right now it doesn't seem like it. That That's going to wrap it, I think, for our discussion today. Alex, this was great. Thanks for coming on and, and joining me and uh, uh, going through a lot of different interesting NBA talk. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Josh. Uh, anytime. It was fun talking about the All-Stars. And um, we'll have to see who wins the uh, All-Star snub. Yes, yes. I'll be thinking about it all week. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Don't uh, don't forget to, to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to vote on which NBA All-Star team you think is better, mine or Alex's.